Welcome to another edition of Monday Night Raw post game edition. Oilers drop a decision to the Florida Panthers uh, in heartbreaking f- fashion and uh, end up losing the Oilers debut for Calvin Picard, who played a, a reasonable game, I thought. Uh, we're joined tonight by my co host, Bob the Goalie, and uh, Oilers Live, Mr. Hebert joins the fray. Good evening to you both. What do you think about that one, fellas? Uh, go ahead, Bob, and then we'll let Michael give us his spiel. I thought I made it clear I didn't want to talk about this, Derza. I thought we were going to talk about the weather, something positive. Uh, yeah. ah, that's a, that's rough. So here we go again. Uh, we start off red hot. We come out of the gate hard. And it's kind of ironic because it hasn't this been kind of an issue for us the last couple of seasons where we are slow starting and strong finishing. Now we've been... Uh, strong starting and just can't uh, sustain it at all. Uh, are we really at this point now where we rely on our first 20 minutes to score five goals for us to have a chance of winning the game? That's the frustrating <laughs> part because that's like we come out of the gate and we look dominant. We kind of look like, okay, we're back. And then all of a sudden, okay, now it's tied. Oh, now we're behind. Like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you go with that? I mean, Where do you go with that? Yeah. Yeah. No, this I mean this team's uh look this team's won uh you know or not one but scored first 10 games now. Right? And they've is it 11 or 10 10 or 11? And uh um, won four. Yeah, they've won four. I mean that's there's got to be, you know, that third period mentality where they looked I thought they looked good right? Like they dominated the third period, but don't wait till you're a goal down. Do it when you're two goals up, dominate the second, dominate the third. Like it's, this is, um, you know, a few years back, we used to talk about this, like the team. And, and I, I don't know who it was. I just saw the quote on Twitter after, but, uh, they said the Oilers didn't play, uh, 60 minutes. Right. And that, you know, we've had this problem in the past and they're not. Um, yeah. I mean, it, like I'll go through my list or so if you want, but <laughs> where we can just, as we go, but I mean, this, um, this was a frustrating game to watch. It was uh second game in a row where we were up by two. You know, it looks, looks great. Right. You're getting a couple saves. Looks good. Buddy of mine texts me. He says, Hey, well, has got a good start. And I'll be honest. I wasn't a believer. I texted him back and said, yeah, I've seen this story before. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, it's, uh, but that's how the, that's how the room must be feeling too. Right. Like they must have the same sort of feeling. And, and then, you know, uh, Durst and I talked before we got on the show, that goal where Bouchard trips over the stick and then the Broberg, Broberg, sorry, trips over the stick. I mean, that's, and then the, you know, the goal where it hits Hyman to stay in the zone. You know, those things happen when you're having this kind of, kind of play. There's a lot of, there's, there, there are people to point the finger at, but let's be honest, this team needs to play all 60 minutes like they did the last, in the third period, right? When it's yeah. not on the line. Yeah, and I don't know the f- the first goal. I mean, a penalty kill has been a problem all season. Um, first goal. I mean, three guys are are fishing for a puck on the wall in in the middle. You know, in the middle of the ice in in our end. Um, nurse is left with two Panthers guys. Who does he cover? Well, chooses to cover really not really anybody, but you know, tries to kind of get in the way of the shot and not screen Picard at the same time. And I think he actually did a pretty good job of that, but Picard's left to his, his uh, own demise there and, and, and gets beat. It's just, you know, if I got to point fingers at somebody right now, uh, more than anybody, I mean, you can look to Bouchard's uh, defensive play, but right now it's, it's Ryan McLeod for me is, is the guy that uh, needs to find his hockey game and, and, I, I don't think we can keep rolling back to the guy missed training camp <laughs> as his go-to like excuse to let him off the hook. He, he needs to play better. Well, on that PK there was, uh, yeah, like McLeod got a little aggressive in the, along the boards. You don't need three guys there trying to fight for the puck. But 
nurse didn't have the time to make a decision of who to cover. That happened so fast that he was stuck in no man's land. He's like, oh, well, I hope it hits me. Like, yeah. yeah. That put him in a tough spot. Uh, that, that's probably his best nurse can do in that situation. Take a couple of comments from YouTube there, and you guys can give your reactions to this one. Uh, me and Michael saw this before we even uh, were live. It, it came through. So without Barkov, the Panthers win by two. Without Leon, Oilers lose by five. So, so here's a good, a good time to like. I'll go through my list because this, these are things. McDavid looks great tonight, right? Yeah. Like first, first game back, like this looked like classic McDavid. You know, there were, uh, there's still some instances where he's making some, some passes where I just don't feel like he would have made those passes a year ago. And I don't know if that's just the team not clicking or what, but outside of that, I mean, he looked awesome tonight. Dry sidle snake bit. Like the guy's not shooting the puck. I was telling Dursa off off air. I mean, on the one power play, him and him and Bouchard are playing pass. Those guys are shooters, right? Like, so, you know, (laughs) just come on. Why don't you decide to take the puck to the net? Uh, McDavid finally does, and he scores from Drysaddle's office, right? Like that's how you—that's how it's got to be done. Uh, and you know, you mentioned Bouchard. Honestly, I—I'd be all right if he sat for a game. Like I—I I love Bouchard. I love a lot of the things he brings to this team. But at this point, when he makes a mistake, it costs—it costs the team a goal, or it costs them an opportunity. Like his his mistakes just come at the most inopportune times, and uh, if he you know if he sits one game, maybe elevate Kulak. Like Kulak's looked great. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, who knows how how uh, how much uh, you know that changes if you give Kulak more minutes. But I'd elevate Kulak, throw Nurse on the power play for for a game if that's what. It, and hey doing something different on the power play <laughs> well you know it's not going to be any worse than it is right now so sit bouchard for a game give him a chance to watch from the press box like learn the system right learn the system and then uh you know i mean he's his numbers you know a few games ago i was i was talking about this in the group chat look great but honestly when he makes a when he makes a mistake it just doesn't end up well for the Oilers. And then um, I'd say the most important thing is the Oilers need to uh, burn lots of incense in the dressing room because <laughs> <laughs> the hockey gods, hockey gods are not on our side right now, but that's going to take some serious, serious, serious like work and effort. And I loved, you know what? I loved uh, the game tonight, like a gritty game. Like I thought this was going to get the Oilers into it. Um, and it kind of did in the third period, but a little too late. Florida sort of drags you into it with that kind of chippy junior B-ish kind of style that they play. I mean, Bennett given Hyman kind of a punch in the head and Hyman taking a 10 there probably said a few choice words to the officials for not giving Bennett extra time for that. I, I'm pretty convinced in my own head that's probably how it went down. Um that one guy um, that was chipping away at Connor Brown there that they showed at the intermission, uh, you know, he took about five penalties and didn't get called for any <laughs> all on Connor Brown. Um, you know, it, it was a bit of a street fight kind of game. And, and I thought, you know, they did well. DeHarnay takes a long, long fight there. And I, I think it's back-to-back games. He's gotten into a scrap. And so nurse and Kane might want to educate him a little bit on, on some of the ways of uh, navigating through some fights. Cause uh, with his size and his reach, he should have really took that smaller guy to, to town um, credit to both of them. They kind of hung around in there and, and made that kind of a heavyweight uh, 12 round fight. Um, yeah. When with Bouchard, I mean, in Tampa, he was instant offense and for both teams. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Um, that's got to get out of his game tonight. I thought it was a bit of an ill-advised pinch there in a, in a bad spot when, if you're looking at the scoreboard and, and, you know, those, those suck the life out of the, out of your team and, and odd man rushes. I mean, in Tampa doesn't get a puck in deep and kind of gingerly skates down the ice. Nurse is kind of not sure what he should do because he's out there with them. 
is he going to get back and cover his man? So he nurse doesn't really take anybody. He's just in the middle of the ice. And I thought on that play, the pass across uh, Skinner probably should have made a save there, but the whole, the whole, no, in Tampa, I mean, oh, in Tampa, Tampa game. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if, that's a tough one though. I mean, yeah, it, it, I see a save there, but that's a tough one. Um, I'm with you on the, on the, uh, I, I love Dayarnay's edge that he's been playing with the last couple of games. Uh, I think that's something he, he, I've wanted him to embrace in a while now. Uh, when, when we when we saw the Seattle game and the way Larson plays, like sometimes I think we forget how much we actually miss Larson's presence back there with that kind of edge. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Dayarnay is a guy who 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 could who can bring that to his game, and when he does, he's that much more effective. Because we let's face it, we don't really count on him for any kind of offense, really. Uh, no. That's just a bonus. But the whole time here with Bouchard is. Like the last year or so, Woodcroft was even a big booster in Bouchard's defensive game. And everybody was always bitching how he's all offense and no defense. And Bouchard was trying to prove that wrong. But this year, it's been the exact, like, he's fallen into that uh, that conversation where he's just all offense. Uh, because what he does with the puck at the other team's blue line is magic. And what he does with the, t- with the puck at our blue line is just tragic. Like it's, <laughs> it's one dichotomy to another. I'm very impressed, especially in the power play, how he shortens up his shot even just to risk the puck through like Brewer used to do, kind of thing, just pick a spot and knife the puck through. But then on our zone, it's like he doesn't know what to do with the puck. He doesn't know where to stand defensively. Like that one goal there, was it the third one I think it was, where he was just like just floating. He, he, he was nowhere. And he, and, he, uh, and he skated by the puck one time. If he had a step. Yeah. If he had a stick on the ice, the puck would have hit his stick, but he didn't have it on the ice, and he skated right by it. Like, I'm with you, Hebert. I think uh, sitting him for a game, letting him watch for one, isn't a bad idea. Let's like he's not even in his prime yet, so he's still developing as well. So this might be yeah. a good opportunity, an- another learning lesson, right? Watch him from the press box, see what you see from up there, and see how you can adapt your game to suit what we need. That that play you're talking about, he was really, really casual on it. And and if I got to point to one thing DeHarnay did tonight that uh, made me shake my head and, and led to a bit of a fire drill too is he was going back to retrieve a puck, and he turned back in like to the to the boards on the right side instead of he, he could have just played it to the left behind the net to to a guy on that side but he he kind of he went in and then he turned and he tried to play it to the right and and he turned right into the forechecker. Michael, I got a question for you there. Do you think yeah. one of the things that one of the things on your list there was Connor McDavid uh, making some plays or some passes? Uh, do you do you find because we're struggling? Do you find that maybe he's forcing some plays? He's putting a little bit, maybe too much on his shoulders to try and get this team out of the funk. Do you feel? Do you find? Do you see him forcing certain plays that he normally doesn't do? Yeah, I mean, maybe that's it. Uh, yeah, because he's, yeah. You know, yeah, it could it could very well be it. I mean, they're they weren't they're not high percentage plays, right? That he's you know when he's given the puck up like that, uh, and he's been doing that once or twice a game. Now, you know when you play a, a style like you know McDavid or Drysaddle, sometimes they get tagged with giving the puck away a lot. But you know sometimes those guys are so creative that <laughs> you know that's going to happen. Um, it's just that. I, like I see some plays by McDavid where I, maybe it's a confidence thing, right? They talked about that in the game today. Uh, and he certainly started to show some confidence. I, I don't know. I mean, this is um, like, I look at dry like I'm not about to make any attack videos on him. <laughs> right? no. Like the guy does a lot of great things out there. And when I see him playing pass with Bouchard, you know, Drysdale is still an amazing passer, right? Like he, you know, he almost had Kane. He had the presence of mind to go after Kane coming out of the box, right? Right? Like he didn't he didn't miss Kane by much. It was a good defensive play. There's you know only so many players in the league that see that as quick as he sees that open up, right? And it was and it was darn close. And so I, you know, I look at dry settle. I see how he plays. He plays with some grit. I love it. I, I think he's a little bit snake bit and needs to um, definitely shoot the puck a little bit more, but I'm not ready to give up on him. And he's still what top 30 in the league in scoring in points uh, production. 
Um, some oh. stranger says uh, it only takes one goal against for everything to fall apart. That's what it feels like, right? Yeah, they they start to really walk on eggshells. Like they're up two, they're feeling good, and then the breakdown on the penalty kill, and then they start walking on eggshells. Egg it's not like Eklund to fire a bit of a grenade. And uh, I, I thought that's exactly what that second goal was, was a bit of a grenade and, and ended up into another fire drill. And then it's a 2-2 hockey game. And then, you know, uh, McDavid gets the penalty shot, Cash is there, and it, it shades of fucking uh, crashing into the net on Mike Smith in Calgary at the game I was at where Leon got his 50th goal. And that, uh, you know, put Connor on, on the shelf for a, for a while. It felt eerily similar to that. Although luckily he didn't crash into the net. He just kind of yeah. glided into the end boards. But even that collision, uh, high speed, well, I would have liked to have seen him get a skate down and kind of hit the e-brake a little bit before hitting the boards. But that didn't happen either. That was, that was scary. But luckily he got up and he cashed a penalty shot goal. And then, you know, immediately after they, they give it right back. It just... <laughs> well, the one they gave hard. back, that's that shitty one, though. That's the one where Robert got stepped on the stick and then Hyman bats it in his own net. That's yeah. that's one of the things where we just, we just gain control of the game back uh, pretty much. And then uh, the hockey gods just say, no, not not yet. That's not your time yet, boys. Yeah, and when something like that happens, like it's got to kill you. Oh. Right? Like it has to kill you as a, as a team out there. Like there's just, it just doesn't feel like anything is going to go right. You know, and and so I get that. I'd be, um, I'd probably be feeling much the same way. But having said that, I mean, you're up by two. Yeah. Don't let it get there, right? Like turn on. Yeah. You know, this team needs to be up to up by two and play like they're down by one. Yeah, or down by three. Yeah. Well, chalk that goal up to just like that's just that's just a bad luck goal. Let's face it. There's nothing they did there that that they could change something else, but. Like you're saying, don't let it get there. So, you know, Kane taking that stupid penalty against the Chuck, that gets uh, Florida back in, into the game on on the, especially yeah. with our struggling PK, right? So that's yes. that's an inc- incident that can be avoided to help us not get to that position where a fluky goal like that's gonna is is gonna kill us. Yeah, this Davo guy makes a couple of comments. It's tough for it's time for tough love and discipline in Edmonton, and then he. Uh, says enough of the ass kicking of the stars tired of the softness and weakness the team acts like victims get a strong coach and stop the ass kicking you know Kane takes those two penalties in the first and uh, I don't think he saw much more time on the ice in the first period so he kind of got a well-deserved seat so I think that's a sign of a coach you know holding people accountable for you know a a little bit of uh, foolishness you know and and when it comes to Bouchard you, you know you're High risk, high reward, but him him seeing a game from the press box and, and uh, or or running tape with the guy and say say you know you're you're doing a lot of good things on the offensive end, but you're also costing us on the defensive end. So, oh, I'm we, sure they've done I'm sure they've done the tape route already a few yeah, times. Right? We, so we need a happy medium here. <laughs> yeah, they're probably tired of the video room at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, this is um, well. It, it's just, it's, it's one of those things. This team's got to come through together. But there's a couple guys that absolutely like everybody. It's funny because who would have thought at this point the guys scoring the goals would not be McDavid and Drysidle, right? Yeah. Like you know, Hyman, uh, Kane, yeah. right? Like you know, this is um, this is a team that's been in just about every game and your top guys aren't performing right a hundred percent uh but you know i I think dash said it on uh on oilers live the other night you know like he's saying you know it's a 10 bell or maybe you said in the group chat it's 10 bell error every time we make a mistake right but you know i i think that too a little bit at the same time you know it's so it, it's a 10 bell mistake and it's a poor save or a non save. Uh, and yeah. you need some I, breaks. They, <laughs> Picard, though, tonight, like there were times where, you know, the puck was bouncing and the owners just couldn't seem to get it on their stick. But the one thing they did well was protect the net. 
right? Like, except for that, I think it was the fourth goal. I think that was the game winner, right? Was the Stedman goal, was it? Where he uh, uh, he fishes it out, and then it sort of bounced around everywhere, ended up on his stick, and then the weak backhand into the net, that one. Oh, that was the uh, – was was that the Bouchard runaround? Uh, maybe. Could have been. Yeah. I mean, they're, they all pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think – I do think that, that one was uh, after. Sorry, sorry to stop your. That was after though. Stedman score like put the puck in the net, which, like, you know, pisses me off, <laughs> and it should piss the Oilers off. Oh, after the whistle, yeah, they didn't yeah, do enough. The they didn't do enough there to me. Go punch. No, the guy. I don't think so either. And I, but yeah. I think that's the kind of thing where you need to. You don't do enough maybe after the play happens, but the next shift. Like you come out pissed off and yeah. do something then. Yeah. You know, run, run Bobrovsky, right? Like, you know, get in yeah. there, do, yeah. do the shit back to them. Yeah. Like the next time the, the whistle's right at the whistle, like shoot the puck in the net, right? Make that late shot, like do it back. And then to have Stedman come back and score the goal. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, you guys have played, you yeah. know how much like that just gets under your skin. Yeah. Um, give give Bobrovsky some high heat. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny because, uh, yeah, and Stanley knows, uh, you know, he's going to try it out and see if there's any repercussions from that. Nothing happened. So what's, how's that going to prevent another team doing that to the Oilers knowing they won't get pushed back? Yeah. But it's funny you say that, Michael, is uh, right after that Stanley uh, did that, uh, there was a delayed uh, penalty coming up to the Oilers, and McDavid had kind of like a, the puck squirted loose. Uh, you know, the um, – Florida pulled their goalie, Bobrovsky out of there. And yeah. McDavid raced for it to touch touch the puck for the penalty. I would love to see him put in the empty net then. That's like what I, I thought the same yeah. thing. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Like, I, you know, I mean, I I want to see these guys, uh, like, be dry like assholes, all of them for one game. <laughs> right? Like, dry has it in them. And, you know, McDavid plays well when he's been agitated, too. Right. Like, you know, I'm not surprised he had a good game tonight. Like he, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's expecting to be pissed off a little bit and he goes out there with a little bit of, you know, an edge and, and he's driving the net. He's doing all the things you like. Uh, yeah, he sure was. Holy shit. This road trip's not getting any easier though. Well, Carolina should be our next, you know, best bet quote unquote, because the, uh, you know, Washington's getting hot at the right time now. They're on a three- or four-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe after that, Anaheim start, has started to come back down to earth, so that'd be a good shot, too. But at this point, like, <laughs> there was a joke early on before the San Jose game where the Oilers were saying, that, hey, when's San Jose in our schedule? And the Sharks were saying, hey, when are the Oilers on our schedule, right? I mean, all the teams are looking right now, like, when are we playing the Oilers next? We need we need some wins. And yeah. You don't want to be that team. No, I got a quick question though for you guys. Is I don't, I don't know if it's just something I noticed for this game, but do you think Coffee is saying something about our D men being a bit more aggressive on the other team's blue line in regards to trying to keep the puck in or or pressuring a breakout? Because I saw all of our defensemen except for Kulak and Deharnay get caught on a pinch at least once this game. It didn't always lead to a scoring chance, but it led to like a breakout or just a. Well, they said it right when they when they came on, right? Is we're gonna be more aggressive, right? Like keeping the puck in their zone, right? Like you know, defense through <laughs> a strong offense. Right. I, I mean, we, I don't know that we've seen it yet, uh, but yeah, I mean, you you could be onto something, and maybe these are not the defense to be doing that with. I I, yeah. I just think there needs to be better decision making on when to hold the line and when to retreat. And I'm not I seeing saw, I noticed it more this game than the other games. I've seen it. Uh, it's it's always been more the regular guys like Nurse or Bouchard who are making these benches. But I saw like the whole team do it. Like Broberg got caught, CC got caught, Eklund got caught. Like, um, and of course Bouchard got caught. But the only two guys I didn't see were Kulak and Dayarna, and I don't really expect it from Dayarna. But Kulak's probably one of our best game defensemen, and he never, never even gave that a shot. So, just curious, just something I noticed in this game more more than others. Yeah, there's uh, there's work to be done uh, <laughs> with the defense, right? But, in, you know, the, the crazy thing is, is 
you know, you could go back to our season opening shows. Everybody's talking about how the defense was going to be better. I mean, we had Ekholm for the full season. And then, you know, a few games in where, you know, well, Ekholm's playing hurt. Well, now he's not, right? Ekholm's Ekholm. In fact, he's, I think he's been great. He's been doing well. He's playing big. He's, you know, typically pretty reliable out there. I don't, not a lot of plays and times where I'm getting super pissed off at him in the last, you know, five, five games or so. Um, I don't think the system favors Bouchard's style of play. Like, Dursa, you called it casual. Uh, earlier and I think that's exactly how he plays he plays a casual style uh, which I think works well for um, you know a man-to-man where you could have your D partner kind of protect you a little bit in that scenario whereas you know if you're being relied on to play a zone (laughs) and you're playing casually in a zone (laughs) well you know this is exactly what what happens and and I you know I'm noticing um Tonight they stopped themselves on the uh, like this used to happen. Uh, well, it was it's been happening a lot. Like on a you know an odd man rush, the defense will almost chase the puck, right? And uh, and then uh, you know they forget that they're playing, um, you know where they're playing. And tonight they, I can't remember who it was. It was playing on left D, and they were you know it was an odd man rush, and they it's like a light bulb clicked and they made the right play. They didn't get pulled over and they were just about to, uh, and they came back to, um, to stop what would have been an easy uh, push over to the, to the right winger and in the net. And um, you know, those kind of things, like I hate to go on about it, but I just hate the fact that we've had success and then now they've changed it. Um, You know, it's, I guess I'll keep going on about it because it's (laughs) like, it's, it's just that these guys haven't learned the new system yet. And, and some of them have, I'll give them that. In fact, I've I've been really positive for the most part on nurse, on uh, nurses game Mm -hmm. for the most part, right? Like he was public enemy number one uh, last year. And, and, um, but if he's, you know, given a zone to play and he's, you know, he plays hard and he plays in that zone hard, I think he does well in that kind of his uh, uh, role. Whereas playing casually in his own defense just doesn't doesn't translate to good defense. I, I yeah. think if you're playing scarecrow scare defense in the NHL, you're burnt. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good idea. I think yeah. Nurse has been our best defenseman over the last six games. I think yeah. he had a rough start to the season, but he's start, he's starting to find it. Yeah, I've been pretty happy. I've I've been happy actually with uh, Kulak, Nurse, and Ekholm. And Deharnay's got good games and bad games. He's not been yeah. all bad, right? I thought tonight he was solid, like reasonable. I thought it was good. You know, we get, you know, mixes it up a little bit. Um. But, you know, I thought Bouchard, I thought Broberg, you know, we talked about this off air, is making really crap decisions in a neutral. Yeah, doesn't he? Sheesh. Like, like I, you first, know, first I he thought no man's land. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's that those neutral zone decisions that he makes that really create havoc in our in our own zone because he's always he always ends up out of out of position. Uh, and then, you know, he, he, when he starts skating with the puck, you kind of look at him and you think, oh, he can really skate with the puck. And then all of a sudden somebody with the easy strip and it's gone back the other way. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I've not been happy with his development and maybe they're rushing him a little bit, but honestly, well, we uh, I don't know why, I don't we know why they put him in tonight. We need him to be the guy that we drafted him to be, and he and it's not happening. So that was one. That was one of the optimisms I had about our defense uh, be, before this season began. Was yeah, number one, like you mentioned, we'd had excellent for the full season. Uh, I expected Robert to take a step up. He should be. He would be getting more ice time, getting more chances, and then uh, let's see what he's got. And l- like you mentioned, I see the same thing when I watch him play. When he makes those those little rushes, he starts starts skating with it. Like ah, there's that guy that we drafted. And then all of a sudden he just loses it or somebody just picks it off him like he's not even there. And like, ah, that's the guy that we drafted. Like, <laughs> just 
And maybe he needs more minutes, right? I mean, I don't know how many minutes he played tonight. I haven't looked yet. Um, should probably have a look. But sometimes a guy like that, with that kind of skill level, he needs to, you know, play more than six, seven. It's. I mean, I always, I always think about minutes. these guys, right? Like, how how many minutes did he get? Ten twenty-two. In fact, uh, pretty good for him. Yeah, Darren A was was the least. He only played seven minutes. Yeah. I mean, I, I posted uh, Broberg's last game, which was November 2nd versus Dallas. He played five five yeah. and change in that game. And it's hard to get engaged if you're playing five minutes. I mean, that's a, a lot of time on the bench. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't want to make excuses for Broberg, but I like it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt for him to be just to spend the full year in Bakersfield and pick some pick up some skills there right yeah play, the play 20 to 25 minutes a night yeah yeah were you guys surprised we went to 11 and 7 i was yeah actually i was very surprised uh you know especially because knoblock's been pretty consistent with the lines mm -hmm. and he even said like he, he said i'm gonna be consistent with the line yeah. and then i posted that even today because that's what it looked like after um, practice but then he started Drysaddle and McDavid, I guess, on a whim. And maybe it was all right, right? Like to have them. I mean, it kickstarted McDavid. If McDavid does get kickstarted from this game, that could, you know, he's certainly the kind of guy that can put the team on his shoulders and and start to make things happen, right? It's interesting that they did go eleven and seven because when they hired Knobloch, he he gave a little bit of a speech about not really liking eleven seven two. So I kind of took that as, hmm, okay, who's pulling the strings here? Who's telling you to go eleven and seven? Is that your idea or is that somebody else's? Like, um... no, I think I think Michael's right there. I think he I think he kind of used it to try and get our our top two guns to get a uh, little fire under their belt. Yeah. And uh, you know, and if that. If that happens now because of this game, like McDavid finds game, then then you know what? Success. Oh yeah, it'll pay uh, dividends for sure. I, but they uh, I also was surprised tonight, right? Like they should be sufficiently pissed off, right? Like you should expect this team to come out like absolutely insanely mad against Carolina. Uh, you know, hitting anything that moves, driving the net, doing all the things you're supposed to do as a team. Um, because if this didn't didn't spur them, then you know I I I just don't know what like I'm I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried yeah. that after yeah, dropping yeah. this one and the one in Tampa, where where really honestly they they played fairly good games. It's just they're beating themselves. You know that that they start to get defeated and and dejected and put up a you know, a, a snoozer against Carolina and, and get run out of the building. That's my fear. Well, we can't afford that now. We can't afford that. We we can't have any more clunkers. That's for sure. We, we, we've run yeah. out of them already. So yeah, like, we got to be playing some pretty effective hockey here going forward. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'm surprised with 11 and seven is the fact that I thought actually our fourth line uh, against uh, Tampa was one of our better lines. Like, yeah. I thought all three, like, like Ernie and Hamlet had their best games of, of their uh, career, probably that last game. And then Gagne was as solid as ever um, on that fourth line. And uh, so yeah, I was very surprised to see them break that one up here. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit of consistency is not going to hurt anything. I mean, this is, you know, you've tried everything to spur them on. Like now, <laughs> yeah. now try, you know, keeping the guys together for a little bit right? Seeing if they get some chemistry. And, and I look, I think the past five games, the Oilers have played their best hockey, right? Have, have you um, guys started to see like an uptick in, in Connor Brown the last two games? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> like uptick, like we've been waiting. This is, you well, know, we were, we started him, at, and, him and McLeod, right? Like are all yeah. uptick, right? But Gagne, who's played, you know, a 10th of the games has scored more goals than both of them. Right. Uh, Holloway has scored more goals than yeah. both of them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. In my mind, uh, I don't think McLeod has an excuse. Uh, 
Now he's skating miles out there, just not really doing much. Just kidding. Um, this is Brown's seventh game now. Yeah, like uh, they did the whole thing about preaching how to be patient with him. Okay, yeah, we were patient with him. Uh, sheesh. Like even today, uh, when Hyman got that penalty, the first person to take his spot on that power play was Connor Brown. Like, geez, you are giving an opportunity to succeed. You've played with McDavid yeah. a few games. You've been the number one power play unit. Like you are, you are getting this opportunity. So now start succeeding. Yeah, that was a little curious of a move actually to give him that PP time. Like I'm thinking, hmm, what has he done during this? Well, I would have put Kane on there, but then he got that misconduct instead, so that kind of answered that. <laughs> yeah, well, that was Hyman's misconduct, right? So they yeah, have, yeah. in the box. Did you have to have somebody on the ice serve that? Because I would have probably sent somebody else if you didn't. I think he did. I think yeah. he did. for misconduct. Yeah. yeah. No, I think you can grab anybody for misconduct. Like, <laughs> well, no, Hyman serves the misconduct, but I think you have. Oh, to sorry, have yeah, for the minor, Hyman yeah, serve the. Um, okay, that's how it works. The penalty because yeah. he's he was on the ice. I think. I mean, I you know that's a. I think you may be right there. Question, yeah. <laughs> Chansky question. Rip the ref. Uh, yeah, we need the segment <laughs> back. Um, kind of a segue, I guess, into uh, Lotzi put out an article today, um, about. Uh, Paul Coffey is symbolic of Daryl Cates' lack of trust, part two by Ryan Lotzberg. So there's a QR code if you want to scan that. Looked, <laughs> yeah. Yes. If you want to scan that and read Lotzi's article on uh, on yeah. Paul Coffey being next in line, maybe for the GM of the Edmonton Oilers after Ken Holland uh, contract is up at the end of the season. There you go. Also, I guess I should bring up, and I wanted to say, you know, heavy hockey broke the story of uh, Jay Woodcroft uh, being let go. It's the only article that I failed to, well, purposely didn't like get involved with at all. Uh, I thought it was bad juju and uh, was nervous about it and didn't have the stomach to uh, put it forward at all. Chicken shit Dursa here. Um, knowing that we were going into Seattle, we might possibly win the game and all, all bets were off. If that happened, you guys put the story out. I was proven to be an idiot. And, uh, um, you know, Tyler, your truck had to eat a, a lot of crow and good for him. And, uh, so did I basically, cause I, I thought, you know, if we win that hockey game and, uh, you know, come home, uh, then everything's changing, right? And and it's a new script being written. But um, after some time to reflect on the whole thing and that maybe them, you know, firing them after that Seattle win caused, caused more of a shakeup in that dressing room than if they would have let them go in San Jose that night. And, uh, you know, uh, Aaron that we had on uh, last Monday talked about you know it takes time to to go through some of the details and, and get your coach yeah. kind of all sorted out and to Edmonton and in place I I would have put Glenn Gullitson behind the bench if you made that decision but I, I now thinking about it like I say I, I think it maybe it caused more of a you know a, an earthquake shattering moment in that dressing room uh, letting letting Jay go after you actually won a game and, and su- surprised everybody but uh Credit to yourself and Dash for uh, kind of breaking that and uh, Lotsi uh, putting out an article uh, that uh, pertained to that and, you know, getting it right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were completely wrong on who would be end up behind the bench. <laughs> I mean, the coffee part, we knew he would take a different role. Um, but uh, Knobloch, I'm, I mean, the only people that saw that coming were uh, – you know, well, you could argue McDavid <laughs> if you want, but um, certainly, um, you know, I think there's more to that story than we'll probably um, we'll probably know, uh, or rather, be able to report on or see reported on. Uh, that's you know about where I'll stop with that and uh, <laughs> and just say you know like it it was it was going to happen. Uh, regardless of the win uh, and you know maybe some of the the symptoms that occurred through that streak 
you know, are representative of why he's gone, right? Like, you know, uh, yeah, I talked a bit about it. The the panic that set in just after one game, right? Yes. Like all of these things that, you know, they, I, I would say if you go back and look at uh, interviews post game one, like the body language was there early, hmm. right? Which is, which is somewhat surprising given the excitement this team had surrounding it. So why was the body language negative so negative after one one loss even even though it was 8 to 1, right? Like you'd think you would you would hope that the guys could be a little bit pissed off but they'll say, you know, look, it's just one game. Right. But I would I would argue that if you go back and look at all the interviews it didn't feel like just one game right from the get-go. Yeah. Right? Like the this team was off from from game one and and that'll give you some insight as to why that happened. I think I think that first game was a major slap in the face though. Like you know, these guys show up to uh Captain Skates two weeks ahead of the rest of the league. They're they're putting in the work and they got absolutely schooled in in the first game. Like it wasn't even close. Rick yeah, but talk, you got games Rick, like that like I mean, sure. like the game when Gagne scored twenty points, right? Like you know, <laughs> yeah. Chicago should have yeah. should have beat Edmonton the other way around, but Edmonton's you know scoring all that. Like those games happen in a season. Sure, that it happened early on is is one yeah. thing, but a team yeah. should have been the team should have taken that as a let's just put this behind us moment. But it was pretty evident if you go back and you look at the interviews, it's pretty evident that they never put that behind them. Yeah. No, it was like they lost game seven. I mean, it, it totally well, demoralized them. Yeah. Now, I've, I've said this before. So it's like, I know this whole thing is about uh, trying to find blame. So if we're going to put blame on one person for all this, I blame Rick Tockett. That's who <laughs> I blame. <laughs> and I, there's no doubt in my mind that. Probably the last week of training camp, all his practices were run with the sole purpose of beating the Oilers. Rick Tockett was it's like as his first full year behind the bench for Vancouver. He wants to make a statement. He wants yeah. to take the statement. This team is different. And why not make a statement against a team who, at that time, is one of the Stanley Cup favorites, the number one offense uh, the last couple of years, the the best power play in the history of the game. He has a chance to make the statement. So. He doesn't care about the other 81 games that last week at training camp. He cares about beating the Oilers and making a statement. And boy, did he ever yeah. make a statement. Yeah. And now, game two. So now we dominate the Canucks, but we still end up losing. <laughs> and so nobody looks at the domination. They look at the fact that we lost both games because of the Canucks. So that goes even more in favor of Rick Tockett, right? So you know what? That's two wins against the Stanley Cup favorite sort of thing. We are here. And the Oilers are like, what the hell just happened? Right. So um, that, that was that was that was the beginning, and all that hype with this with the Oilers being a Stanley Cup favorite, we all bought into it. All the experts bought into it. I'm sure the Oilers bought into it, regardless of all the outside noise they claim not to hear. That's a huge kick in the nuts when you go down eight to one to a team that didn't even make the playoffs last year. Some strangers asking how many players on the Oilers uh, team were Jackson's clients. I know of at least two, but I think there's actually more than that. Yeah, that's um, but that's yeah. irrelevant, really. Like Connor Brown, uh, like, how many people were on board for that signing? Everybody seemed to be in favor of that signing, and all of a sudden he's not producing. So now it's like the worst signing we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I'm on board with this team. Like I, I might be in the minority, but I'm not a a uh, Ken Holland hater, right? Like I'm not I, either. I, I honestly like, you know, it, it, it's easy for everybody to go in now and say, oh, you know, Ken Holland, Ken Holland, Ken Holland. But all the pundits, everybody, including you, me, everyone said this was a team that at the very yeah. least was going deep in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Right. So now now that they're not, we're all all of a sudden, well, Ken Holland messed up. Well, no, if he didn't mess up before, he didn't mess up now. Um, and frankly, you know, when you're, when the two best players in the world aren't scoring, <laughs> yeah. like this is where you're at. Right. Uh, so is that the mistake Holland made then not trading McDavid and dry? <laughs> <then? Yeah. laughs> like, like, you know, 
Rick, I'm with you. I think Holland's made this team better since he got here. Hyman is here. Kane is here. Ekholm is here. He's tried to address areas that uh, that we were, we were weekend, such as goaltending. That's why he went after Campbell. Yeah, that looks like a miss now. Well, it is a miss now. But, you know, he did try to go after, like, Markstrom. The money got too much. Like, he looked into the Boston uh, duo. Uh, but the stuff we'd have to give up for goaltending right now is insane because the Oilers are not in a power position to trade. Everybody knows the Oilers are desperate for goaltenders. They have been for the last couple of years, pretty much. And so what teams are asking for a goalie is probably ridiculous. But all, all the armchair GMs are like, well, just trade for a goalie. Like, yeah, it's so easy for us to play. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. it's that easy. Yeah. No, I, you know, and that's exactly it, right? Like, this is, um, you know, it couldn't be – it just couldn't happen any worse than it has, right? And, like, you know, I mean, who, who figured while well, Ekholm would get injured the way he did, <laughs> you know, not on the ice, uh, you know, weird sort of injury, keeps him out for the beginning, like a couple guys injured, you know, in training camp, right? Uh, and then just not coming out and playing the same, right? Uh, McDavid clearly starting the season not a hundred percent right and um you know i actually um i thought the goalies looked half decent in preseason <laughs> like i was i was excited about our goaltending i thought this was the year they were going to turn it around uh i mean that hasn't happened like let's put the blame where it's due which is on the team right it is 100 percent this team is is built to they this team has gone deep you know 3 years in a row like how many teams in the league could say that if they had won this, their last playoff series there was a good shot at that they were going to win the Stanley Cup there's only a couple teams that can say that and the Oilers you know a lot of people think that if they had beat Vegas yeah. they'd been hoisting Lord Stanley's mug right this is the same core that had four games of over four game winning streaks last season. They had a, a 10 game stretch where they went eight and two. They finished the season 14 and one. The same core is still there. So yeah. what's happening now is, is actually the anomaly, you know, but it, but it's a bad one, obviously. And it's hurting us. Something has to change, but you know, we always complain how we're not getting scoring from the bottom six. And now the bottom six is doing all the scoring. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, so, I know, think we, I think, it's a matter, I think it's a matter of time before they get out of it. Uh, just hopefully, yeah, but they don't have much time left. No, they That's don't. The thing. No, yeah. they don't. They got to start. They have any right? And, like, I mean, this is this is uh, Friday is typically the cutoff, right? Where you say if you're not in yeah. the playoffs by Friday, then yeah. um, then that's it. And we're not. We're, you know, the Oilers definitely won't be in the playoffs Friday in playoff position. Uh, thankfully, I think there's a lot of underperforming teams this year. Like it's a little bit, yeah. you know, there's still some opportunity to come back and uh, you know, look, are you going to bet against McDavid? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm well, still wouldn't. If it Not looks me. like, it yeah. looks like Connor's starting to come out of the funk and, and injuries that, that he was he, suffering obviously. And, and, you know, I'm pretty sure it was an abdominal, abdominal strain. I think there's been something ailing Dreisaitl too. I don't think it's just him being in a funk. He's too good of a shooter to miss the net on the one-timer as much as he has. So I think there's something ailing him, and hopefully he comes out of it. I think we saw the perfect storm of injuries to start this season, and hopefully we don't need to see any more from any of the you know core guys you know weird? going forward. You know what's weird is we're talking about Drysdale struggling because like we watch him every day. So yeah, so he hasn't been the Drysdale that we've seen the last couple of years. Yeah, he still has twenty one points in sixteen games going into this going into this game, he's averaging over a point a game. I he's wish I could struggle been, like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and he's still been probably our best forward, and uh, maybe not our most consistent forward. Probably our best forward though. Still, uh, like the moments that he's on his game, he carries us. Uh, so. Yeah. We shit on him all we want because he gets snake bit and he just has doesn't score as many goals as he has last couple of years. Man, he's he's still doing his part. I think his defensive game is still strong. Uh, he's winning his fair share of face off, and he's got that grit and that tenacity where he's, you know, winning puck battles for us and getting chances. Just it's just not going in for him. That's the biggest red flag. Um, yeah, 
so Mr. Hebert, what do you got uh, coming this week for uh, your shows? And um, yeah, give you a chance to promote. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, we're um, we're on uh, again uh, tomorrow night because there's a game or uh, Wednesday, so we're on the drive home uh, Tuesday at five. Uh, and then, uh, of course, when the Oilers aren't playing our regular time slot now will be the Wednesday 5 o'clock show uh, on uh, YouTube and then Edmonton Sports Talk. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about this game tonight uh, and, um, you know, uh, talk a little bit about, you know, the road trip ahead. If, if uh, you know, the Oilers can, um, can come back and, and uh, what they need to do in order to do that probably be a lot of arguing uh tomorrow <laughs> between dash and i i assume uh you know we see things a little bit different but um you know that's uh that's where we'll be and then um you know as as you know check out heavyhockey.com there's you had a good article up not that long ago bob's been doing his goalie uh uh rankings which uh i've been loving i i, I don't always agree with you but um I want you to rankings are rankings are such a funny thing right yeah. i mean you know you, everybody sees it a little bit differently i'm usually the only one that's right but um, of course. <laughs> so that's just the way it works right no it's um it's been good so anyway uh thanks guys for all of that and um and the and the content and and fun talking to you tonight i i uh mike's asking because i i gave him the uh two minute warning so to speak and and so um i'm gonna say good night uh for now and and also uh you know hopefully um be back on soon and and have you guys on uh oilers live soon enough thank thanks for joining us me and bobby will talk for uh, a few more minutes uh, i guess alone and uh yeah. appreciate also, you i uh, love the uh oilers in vice city uh yeah, yeah awesome I, yeah good job <laughs> Good job on that. Thank you. Right. Some stranger. Good to see you and the rest of the gang. All right. Talk to you guys soon. Okay. Tune in to Oilers Live Tuesday this week. Oh, man. Um, he gave me the five-minute, two-minute warning. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they got to close out this uh, this road trip with a couple wins now. They, they've made it hard. Uh, but that's, that's kind of what they need to do. I think you nailed on the head there before when you were saying like uh, you know they do this to themselves, and I agree with you. I don't, I don't think it's so much as the, as the teams are beating us. It's yeah, it's uh, it's we're making the mistakes, allowing these teams to beat us. Yeah, finding um, ways to lose hockey games like it's uh, and it's mainly been off mistakes where the pucks are going in. Yeah, like yeah. I don't see the other teams really manufacturing that much. I mean, obviously you have to give them some credit. They're they're finishing chances when they have when they have them, but. Geez, do we ever give them like Pickard? We're talking about Pickard's game today. He made some ten bell saves uh, yes. early on, and yes. uh, like he had that one goal that I think he wants back, the one that went through his arm. Like, that's a tough one. He was partially screened a little bit, but you know if it hits you that much, you want to make that save. But uh, he also made about four or five that he probably shouldn't have made. He battled really hard. Mm -hmm. Is this what we need our goalie to do? Like, like, do we need him to make twenty of these saves for us to get a chance to win? Like. We, we shouldn't be relying on AHL a goalie here to uh, even just keep us in the game the way he did. Like, he competed hard. He competed really hard, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I got no problems with the game that he gave us today. I did have problems with Skinner's game in Tampa. I thought of Tampa's first four goals. Three of them were stoppable pucks, and he didn't he didn't get any of them. Well, here's the thing. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, I, number one, I – we needed Skinner to be bigger for us than what he was that game for sure. Like, I thought he had a weak game. I'm not sure if I actually blame the goals so much on him, but just there comes a time you need that where you, you need big saves. You need big yeah. saves. We are a team right now who's so fragile that we need more than more big saves than the, than the average team does. And we're not getting it. Is that fair to ask of the goalies? No, but that's the reality. We need this right now for us to get our, to get our skates underneath us and we're not getting it consistently having said that three of the four games uh his three games before that tampa game he played really well so uh but yeah so that was a, that was a big step backwards but other teams also have a, a bigger book on skinner uh he's had a full yeah. season 
You know, so yeah. now it's time for him to make the adjustments as well as teams are adjusting to him. He's young. Uh, the future's still bright for him. I do think, though, like if if Campbell can't get his game back in time in a right big manner, and he's and he's eating it in the AHL right now too, unfortunately, we're we can't ride Pickard as a I, a Pickard Skinner tandem. We can't do that. I, I think Campbell needs like months in the AHL though to find it. That's the problem. Like well, I. His first two games have been absolutely atrocious. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's, and to hear his interviews afterwards, where he where he talks about it, that he feels good, that's even more alarming than yeah. actually seeing the games. Like, y- yeah, no, you're getting torn to shreds in there. You shouldn't be feeling that great about your hockey game. Back to the lab, you know, and and you need a few games to kind of come back up to you know treading water, and then you need a few more games to you know, where you're dominating down there, which you should be. If, if you're going to, you know, tread water in the NHL, you need to dominate in the AHL. And, and that's, he's a, long yeah, ways, he's a long ways from there. He's a long ways from that. And then, like we mentioned before, uh, I guarantee you Holland has is trying every goalie angle out there. Yeah, uh, We're not going to get uh, an A1 goalie. We're not going to get one. We're going to try and get a veteran maybe that has experience where that can hopefully get on the heater. A, a, a name I'm hearing is James Reimer. And uh, as an option, you know, you look at James Reimer on paper, he's like, this guy can't save our season. But we're hoping that with his, uh, his calmness, his veteran, uh, you know, experience, if he gets in a hot streak, if you're in the NHL, you're automatically one of the top 100 goalies in the world. So any goalie can get on a hot streak. And maybe that's a guy that'll do it. But he doesn't sound like the, the answer when you say the name no. James Reimer. Nobody's eyes light up going, oh, yeah, that's our answer. Here's a but question. But at this point, we're, we're reaching for what we can get. Here's a question for you. So, Yaroslav Halak got... Uh, I saw that. I saw that. ...dismissed from the Hurricanes. Um, you, you know, the acquisition cost is basically nothing. You, you just have to sign him to whatever he would take, I guess. Um, uh, minimum, probably. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if he'll take that. Um, would that be an improvement or you know, equivalent of, of James Reimer without kind of the huge acquisition costs, or do you think James Reimer is a little bit of an upgrade on Halak or, or, you know, would you, would you look into that? Do you think Halak is, is going to be, you know, an improvement over Picard? Um, Yeah. Where do you come out on all that? I think you're, I think you're foolish not to look at it. Uh, Right now, if I'm looking at both Reimer and Halak, I kind of give the edge of it to Reimer mainly because, uh, He's played more, right? Like he's played more, has more in-game experience, probably more in the rhythm of the game. Uh, I've actually always been a pretty big Halak fan ever since he was in Montreal. Even I've enjoyed Halak, but he's now what thirty-seven, so you sure you sure would, wouldn't want to be riding him. Uh, I don't think uh, what Reimer's probably thirty-five-ish or something like that, so he's not a kid neither. But uh, Halak hasn't played as much. He's been a career, or he's been a yeah, definitely a career backup the last three or four years. Reimer has had spurts as a starter on some really shitty teams, so he's faced a lot of rubber. If I'm forced to pick between the two, I'd probably pick Reimer, but you'd be foolish not to look at the possibility of getting Halak as, as a just yeah. an option. And just because there's no real acquisition cost, right? You just pick them up. Exactly. I don't know how you go through all the whatever you need to do to make that happen, but I guess if you if Pickard's not up, then maybe the money there, I, I don't know. I'm not a capologist, but if, if – Pickard sent down. Maybe you've got the money there already just to have him here. So, well, with with uh, Campbell in the uh, minors for a while, that that frees us up. Well, I think was it one and a half or something like that. Two. I don't. I don't think so. I think it was like minimal. I thought it was like twenty five thousand dollars or something silly oh, really? like that. Oh, yeah. That was a bit more it, than that. Yeah, I don't think it really had that much of an impact. But I, I like I say, I don't, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. But I thought that's okay. what I saw. Gotta investigate that after the show. I think I thought there was yeah. something. Let it carry us up uh, over a million at least. But yeah, where are you at with this group? You know, do you think they can turn it around, or are you getting that real bleak feeling? Well, I know this. When I watch them, so obviously the first couple of goals we scored, I hoot and holler like we're like 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 it's yeah. the first round of playoffs, right? Right. But then when the other team uh, rallies back, I'm just numb because you're starting to get used to that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying I've given up. There's no way I'm with Haber when I say, when he says, like, how do you give up on a team that has McDavid on it? You can't. How do you ever count out a team that has the two best players in the world on it? You can't count them out. Yeah. Uh, 
time is running short, even though it's still early in the season, but we're coming up to the 20-game mark, which is a pretty pivotal part. We're coming up to a quarter point of the season. We don't have they, we don't have games we can just throw away. Yeah. Really. Like, yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we're, we put ourselves in a position where we need to find our A game now, and we yeah. need to ride that now. Yeah. They need to go on a five- or six-game winning streak pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Here. Yeah. yeah. We at least need to go start having some seven out of ten series, you know, six yeah. to seven out of ten series here. Yeah, yeah. Peace out, right? Call back to respectability. Yeah. yeah. It's but no, be, there's no way. There's no way I'm saying we're we're out of it. And it's going to be still there. It's going to be a dogfight. Uh, oh you shit! Know, the, yeah. the rest of the way. And, and honestly, then you know they'll they'll have to be put be playing playoff hockey by Christmas <laughs> the rest of the way. And if we do that, do that, that kind of goes in our favor then, because then we carry that going into the playoffs. That's yeah. why like, yeah. you don't want to be that team like Boston was last year, one one of the best teams in the history of the game last decade or so, and they just fizzle out the playoffs because they've been playing beer league hockey last month or so. You know, I watched a little bit Saturday of their game against Montreal uh, after we found our way to lose against the Lightning, <laughs> and, and you know. Puck luck is real, and and they seem to have uh, it in spades. Um, their goalies, you know, bend but don't break. They hold the fort, and then and then they go the other way and score goals. Like and luck is definitely um, real. It's definitely on their side, but you know they're a juggernaut <laughs> again. I think uh, at, you know as wrong as I was about the Oilers beginning of the season as my Stanley Cup favorite. That's how right I was about Boston. I did say the Bruins are going to be one of the top teams of the East. Yeah, it's going to hurt Lou Bergeron and Craig C, but there's actually less pressure on them because they lost those two guys. Yeah, and and you know not all the eyes of the hockey world are, are on them, and they're playing like a like a team. And how do you count out like Pasternak is a perennial Rocket Richard candidate? Yeah, they got the best goaltending tandem in the league. Yeah, uh, the step up that uh, you know some of their D men took last year, you know, that are still kind of young. Are are uh, it's still happening? So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they're 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 for real. They've got one regular uh, regular time off so far this year. Yeah, yeah, it's battle, and their game is all like they defend in layers. They're they're actually interesting to watch, and and the Oilers could take a page out of the out of the way they defend in layers. It's um, and now they're even stronger with uh with uh this is this is a shitty thing to say now, but this is stronger without Lucic in the lineup. <laughs> a little faster, yeah, yeah. Uh, I won't touch the Lucic situation. That's, nope, no, uh, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, viewership dropped off as soon as he bare left, but that's to be expected. <laughs> he brought uh, in all the young girls for viewers. <laughs> <laughs> when the boss checks out, so does everybody else. Um, we'll try to get this bad boy out on, on Spotify, uh, tomorrow and iTunes and all those listening platforms for your listening pleasures. Thanks everybody for watching and nice of angel to tune in now (laughs) and name saying I'm still here. It's funny because nothing's registering on the, on the, on the account here, but. Oh, he's the angel. You're on the wrong show. Yeah. I know Cam Talbot's having a bit of a season, but other other than yeah. that, I haven't uh, really tuned into the LA Kings. Yeah, well, honestly, they need they need to ride uh, a happy Dubois while they can, because after a year, Dubois kind of fades out. It looks like it, so ride him while you can. Yeah, he says, "Sorry, boys, football and hockey going on." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's okay. We'll accept your apology, and uh, when we play the Kings, I'll have to do a. Um, GTA San Andreas kind of theme background. I went with Vice City today. Um, somebody called me out on, somebody called me out on it because uh, we were in Sunrise, Florida, not Miami. But if you kind of look on a map, it's half an hour away, so it works. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks everybody for watching, and uh, keep your sticks on the ice. Keep reaching for the stars, and hopefully the Edmonton Oilers can walk out of Carolina and. Uh, Washington with wins and come home 500 on this road trip. Uh, otherwise, uh, next Monday's not going to be that much fun for us. We'll see you then. Um, probably eight o'clock next Monday. Thanks again. <laughs>